production. Before we jump into the show, we want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and any Aboriginal elders who may be on country today. There was the no whole sound. whole power cut out. Sometimes it would be just the sound, but our mics still work. Yeah. This was the sound, the mics, the lighting, the LED screens. The food trucks up the back of the <laughs> festival. We're in the middle of the forest. And there's a thunderstorm with 50,000 people. Peking duck. Hello, hello, good day, good day. It's your boy here, uh, day, Adam. I'm Adam. My name's Adam. <laughs> What's yours? And g'day, g'day, uh, Ruben here. And we are Peking Duck, and we are with our lovely producer, Elise. Woo! Yay! I forgot my name for a second there. I was like, oh, who's she? Oh, she's with it. <laughs> she's with it. All right. We're oh, here. Should we, uh, should we do it? The big, the thing everyone has been waiting for but doesn't realize they've been waiting for. Yeah, let's do it. This is our top 10 bombs. This is Peking Duck's top 10 bombs, and we're talking about live gigs. A list of uh, gigs that we've played that have turned south, gone pear-shaped, if you will, Yeah, you quite know when, quickly. You know when uh, you're playing a gig and you just get rattled and you can't come back from it? That's definitely one thing. <laughs> That's one thing. Then other things happen. <laughs> So and sometimes it just gets worse and worse and worse. And sometimes uh, uh, you get bashed. <laughs> <laughs> so we've made a little list. Here's um, a list. Top 10 bombs. Peking Ducks, top 10 bombs. And, and this can just be, uh, you know, to set the scene. This didn't even make the list. Uh, we got fired from our first ever DJ gig bar because uh, we just couldn't help ourselves but make people want to dance. And we weren't allowed to make people dance. That's actually true. Yeah. The, uh, owner was it a the funeral? <laughs> the owner of the bar said, this is a very classy establishment. We can't have people j- jumping on the couches and dancing. And we were young, very uh, fun guys that wanted to party. And we played some party music and everyone started dancing. And then I got the phone call the next day while I was at TAFE studying something I can't even remember. And I was stoned. And she calls me and I'm like, oh, yep. Oh, I saw that coming. Then I called Rubes and he's like, dude, this is great. This is an opportunity. I'm like, boom, my man. You know, I thought uh, Kremlin Bar had been clipping our wings too long and it was exactly. time. Time to fly. Time for the ducks to fly together. Chick- All right. Let the chickens come home to roost. The chickens have come home to roost. <laughs> All right, let's set off the list let's with do it. Uh, number 10. Coming in at number 10, we have... Frankston. So when Duck started, we were playing uh, a lot of gigs in Melbourne, and that was actually kind of what kept us afloat in the earlier days. We were driving from Canberra, better yet, you were driving, from <laughs> Canberra to Melbourne a lot. We weren't getting paid for these gigs, but we were getting exposure. And it did work. It did. We just partied with every promoter in Victoria until the cows came home. Well, that's the, it comes back to dancing like a monkey. Once you start doing it, people want to see you dance like a monkey again. Yeah, yeah. And they become if, very accustomed to you dancing as opposed to you just not it's dancing. Not, it's not because of your music. It's not because of you know the way you DJ. It's just because you party with the promoter really, really hard. And mm. they enjoy that. Yeah. 
and then they book you time and time again and expect that from you every single time. Yeah. But it's kind of what elevated and kicked off our career, so I don't regret it. Not at all. So, uh, yeah, tell us your recollection so far of this show in wow. Frankston. Okay, so we're doing one of our regular Melbourne trips and um, our mate Danny would book us for like four, five shows in like across two nights and it would be great. We'd hit like Melbourne in the city and then Geelong and then Ringwood and then Frankston. In the one night. <laughs> in the one night. We're on our way to Frankston for like a 2 a.m. set. Which, by the way, Victoria-wide, 2 a.m. is a good set time. In New South Wales, it's like you're sort of hoping for 9 p.m. Yeah. Victoria has a little bit uh, less strictness in there. They're still in the swinging 60s, baby. Yeah, baby. They, they like to party. Everybody's fucking. <laughs> Everybody's fucking. <laughs> and uh, so we're on our way down to Frankston. Rocked up to the venue, we're like, yeah, we're going to smash this. Obviously, we knew we weren't because we didn't ever kill it in Victoria. Somehow, we were just getting booked. Yeah, time and we time never again. did kill it. We never did a good job. <laughs> we never did a good so job. Pretty much every show in Victoria was a bomb, but <laughs> this one's notable. But the promoters liked us as people, so they yeah. kept booking us. God bless their cotton socks. And so we rock up to Frankston and we realized just as we're about to play, <laughs> and uh, we'd, we're jumping on. And we didn't have our USB sticks. We realized we didn't have any music. We brought no music. No gear, no equipment. No headphones. We no. brought nothing with us to the gig. Except our silly little selves. The bloke before us. And so he's playing his last track and he's like, boys, uh, this is my last song. We're like, sweet. And then I looked at Adam. There's always like, the DJ moment for all the non-DJs out there, which I... Doubt there's many of you because everyone's a DJ now, but there's always <laughs> that moment where the DJ before you will give you that look, like, hey, one more. Or they or they give you the other look and they go, well, and they yeah. kind of twiddle their finger like, oh, you want me to do one more? Do need, so you got a bit more time. Do you need me to do, do one more? Do you need more? more time? And then so we started doing the twirly finger to him going, we, go, <laughs> we, we, got, yeah, we put we, it back we, on him. We need your help, man. Help us out here. We had nothing. We had no apparatus to do our job in any capacity, but then- but then, uh, yeah, well, look, I looked at Adam, and here's the problem with being a duo. You sort of always think the other person's got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but when you've got two clowns, there's a lot of clown shoes. <laughs> a yeah. lot of clown shoes to fill. Yeah, um, for sure. And so Adam clearly thought I had the USBs. Yeah, I yeah. thought he had the USBs. One of them ones. Neither of us had anything. <laughs> and we go off with like, hey, bro, um, can you spin another one? He goes, another, I've got another, I've got a gig. I've got to go to my next gig. Yeah. I'm like, oh, of course, fucking Melbourne. He's, he's probably got a 4 a.m. set at <laughs> Tramp in fucking CBD. <laughs> and uh, we're like, dude, we don't have any USBs. And he goes, what? Yeah. How are you going to play? And we're like, we don't know. He's like, aren't you guys from Canberra? <laughs> Came all the way here with no music? And we're like, yeah, I guess uh, if you want to put it like that, I'm not going to say you're wrong. <laughs> He goes, all right, well, I got a spare. The decks are linked. You'll be fine with that. And we're like, sweet. And he goes, yeah, just just play just anything play like that. Play anything on the USB <laughs> and the people in this venue will dance and cheer and love you forever. And we're like, whoa, okay. Uh, we had no other options. So we had we no didn't. So we're like thinking, fuck, we don't know any of these songs. We have no idea what's about to go down. Also, just to paint the scene, at this time in Melbourne, it would have been 2012. Maybe 2000, yeah, 2012 or 2013. And there was a bit of a movement in Melbourne at the time called Melbourne Bounce, and it was popping off. There was like Will Sparks, Joel Fletcher, all these like young 
dudes making these Melbourne bounce tracks and and there was a popular dance within the nightclubs all throughout Victoria called oh, the Juicy Wiggle the Juicy Wiggle I forgot all about that <laughs> we'll put a video on the Instagram but any, any, everyone in this club is Juicy Wiggling their tits off yeah and uh, and we, we're so used to like when we would start playing you know we'd clear the floor every yeah, single yeah because we were playing game. like pretty thrashy like, electro stuff it wasn't r- really hard thrash electro and no one like wanted to fucking dance to it in Melbourne mm. And so we uh, played the first song off this guy's USB, very ready for everyone to clear the floor as per usual. And uh, little did we know, we played the first song on his USB. He clearly had already played it because it was marked. (laughs) And everyone emerged from the shadows. It turned into the biggest heaving night. It turned into mayhem. It was crazy. And then after a while we realized... uh, we were playing the same songs over and over and we didn't know what else there was, but Adam found a little golden ticket. I deep dived throughout the files on the USB on the decks. He found a juicy nug. Yeah, and that nugget is uh, from the goat, rest in peace, Avicii. And the song Levels, I'm sure we all know that one. And uh, needless to say- I think we played it like three times in a row. <laughs> we'd started, look, we'd started clearing the floor again by <laughs> just playing the same songs off this USB. And then Adam saw levels and he, I just looked at him and like, dude. The Hail Mary. The Hail Mary, we have to do it. And at this stage, we'd never played levels before. We yeah. kind of hated the song because- Yeah, it was, we thought it was played out. We were too cool for school. Yeah, we would-, we would But uh, ever since that day, a whole newfound respect. Because they came back and they danced- <laughs> But then, look, long story short, there's only so many times you can play one song. And uh, yet again, we bombed in Victoria. (laughs) And you know what? We deserved it because we didn't bring our own music. And to anyone out there, whatever job you do, always come prepared, arrive on time, and bring your apparatus that's needed to fulfill your requirements. I think we bombed personally by arriving with no music. But I think the irony of the story is it ended up being our best step. True that. All right, so there's heaps more coming up on this list, but right here, right now, number nine. Mali. We got booked to play a show in uh, the luscious and beautiful Changu in Bali. Full live band this time. It's, uh, you know, years had gone by since the last gig that we spoke about in Frankston. At this stage, we were actually with a full touring live band, drummer, singers, guitars. We were singing, hitting synths. You name it, we were uh, bringing out every little piece we could. And uh, Bali is a very hot climate. So it's quite difficult to actually, you know, run a big show there just logistically or better yet. um, You know what it is? Like the uh, Pioneer CDJs, they are built like brick shit outers. They are, yeah. They're built like brick shit houses. Okay, why is that so hard to say? What brick shit houses? Because you wanted you to say it in an Australian accent and go shit houses. Shit houses. They're built like brick shit houses. And that's like the tech. I'm not a DJ. That those are those. They're the standards, yeah. They're yeah, like yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. uses to play gigs. You they're like the in. Nokia 3310. They're like a 3310. You can throw up against the wall. They'll survive anything, especially heat of Bali. But when you're doing a live show... they're strong as. And uh, so in our live show, we've got like computers running. We've got all sorts of shit happening. Stuff which requires, you know, quite a cool operation. 
It also, look, we don't want to throw anyone under the bus here, but uh, it also requires a team that's fully with it. And unfortunately, a member of our team had uh, been on the source the night before, through till the morning, through till the sound check, the day of the show. And uh, he was really sourced up and he couldn't really operate his uh, technology that well. Well, and look, for the record, don't trust someone that's fully off the source in general. Um, yeah. But, yeah, if someone... <laughs> Never trust a bartender that doesn't drink, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, it's like trusting a skinny chef. Mm, you know? Don't like that. You want a big fatty. Yeah. You want him to serve you up a roast lamb. Mm. I don't know why I said roast lamb. That's a weird Lamb's one. good. Lamb's good. Lamb's great. But, yeah, pretty much you want someone who is fun and easy to tour with, but also really uh, knows their shit and knows how to, you know, hone in in the tricky times. And, yeah, look, unfortunately this time... Bali's a very tricky time. Yeah, this lovely person had just had a bit much and uh, wasn't really working. So we're like, all right, well, you know what? Let's just grip and rip. The, you know, there's like 2,000 people at the show. Everyone's excited. Everyone has food poisoning. Everyone's drunk. Everyone's in a bit of a weird headspace because we don't know whether this show can go ahead or not. It's a balmy night. The crowd is there. It was Halloween. So everyone was dressed up. Um, and, and we'd sold out the venue and we'd sold it out. So there was a it lot had of sold out like months in advance as well. So like the people were excited and had been like really hanging out for the gig. And we were just trying not to shit our pants. Um, I think, uh, our beautiful singer Mickey actually had to vomit on the side of the stage just before we went on. Oh, Cause yeah, she was cause sick. we all ate at that restaurant the night before and everyone was shitting everywhere. Everyone was shitting everywhere. <laughs> oh, my girlfriend at the time was in the like green room hotel room, just shitting herself. Oh my like God. it was next to the venue. I remember in that green room, everyone was like in a queue for the toilet yeah. and just taking turns. Yeah, it, was shitting. Bad. it was really bad. <laughs> Anyway, so, you know, sounds great. Anyway, we go so on stage. we're all having a great time. And I remember, uh, I think the opening song was Wasted. And I went out, started singing the verse. I wake up drunk again, the and same as last weekend. And then I kind of looked out and realized, oh, there's no sound coming out. I'm just kind of this. And I kind of look around. You look at me. Again, two clowns looking at each other. Yeah. You know. And the people waiting for the monkeys to dance. Yeah. And uh, then we kind of realize, oh, no, there's no sound. It's our, our nightmares have come true here. And uh, we look over at our sound, man. Not only have we just shat ourselves on multiple occasions, we're out here and there's it's just not working. Nothing's working. And... Uh, we didn't have a backup plan either, so we kind of had to stop the music. We tried again, got about two seconds into a song, no dice. And then uh, that's when fucking hell broke loose, which we won't divulge the full information. I think we'll do a deep dive on that on another episode because it is a quite the story. It's a big story, yeah. It's a very big story, but what I will say is um, Let's certain just say- people weren't very happy with us not uh, being able to fulfill our obligations, so... Uh, some drama broke out and uh, resulted in us having to fire that sound engineer, and uh, which is very sad. We were with him for 10 years. And uh, one of our best friends. One yeah, of was... our best mates. But um, we'll do a deep dive on that. But that was mayhem because we actually couldn't play the show. 2,000 people had to just walk out of there with no Peking Duck gig, and everyone shut themselves. I'm pretty sure we had to refund uh, everyone's tickets with our own money. We had to refund a few people. Yeah. (laughs) Like, actually. And that's part of the next 
the deep dive. We'll go into that on the deep dive maybe a bit, maybe not. Uh, we, look, we did get to play about five songs, and they sounded great, but then it, they'd started cutting out again. So I will say we tried our best and we didn't succeed. We bombed. That was a, that was a good bomb. Yeah, we bombed and we shit ourselves. Let's keep a moving. Coming in at number eight. Sunshine Coast, the Blackout, Big Pineapple Festival. Fuck, this was so funny. Uh, remember earlier in the night, we got to see the Veronicas play. Uh, we got to the festival early, which we never do. We should be doing that way more. crush on the Veronicas. Yeah, you and Jess? I no. can't remember. We were which just floating on you, Twitter. You were crushing. I was crushing, dog. You were crushing on someone, man. Crushing like a Twix in the sunshine, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm talking about crushed. Speaking of crushed uh, things, I might have a crushed mango, crushed peach, crushed lemon. Nice. Uh, in this little uh, can of mate maker. Um, yeah, so we go to the festival, Big Pineapple Festival, a lovely festival. It's in the tropical regions of the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah, and it's super tropical at that time of the year. So it it's, it's, uh, it's pretty... Pretty beautiful. If anyone hasn't been to Queensland, take my word, it's good. The thing about tropical means uh, <laughs> tropical climate, which means yeah. tropical thunderstorms. Uh, and I'm sure it don't take a genius to put the two and two together that gigs and electrical equipment and thunderstorms don't go well together, especially when you got computers. 50,000 people there as well. I mean, gigs back in the day, like you just put a little marquee over your amp and like... You could probably play the gig, but now there's so many computers involved in the show that it's kind of like... Also, rigging is very... It's its actually people can die because the, the rigging can come down on, the, I was about on the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very scary thing, but it didn't get to that, luckily. Everyone yeah. was safe, but what did happen was... Anyway, I also really want to quickly say it was really cool getting there early because we never do that. We always just get to the gig. I guess for our own safety, we like to get to the gig like an hour before the set because then we don't get too drunk. Yeah. But for this gig, we got there super early and saw all the acts of the day. Like Cloud Control played and then the Veronicas and then I think probably Hilltop Hoods and then us. And then when uh, we went on, it just started feeling like, yeah, something's going to happen. Something's brewing. It, you a can storm, smell it. A storm's brewing. You, know, you can actually smell a storm. You can smell a storm. If you look down at the ground, you see the ants scurrying along the concrete. You see the dogs howling. So we get on stage and we're playing uh, and everything's going great. Crowd's good. Vibe is good. Energy's high. And amongst the smell of weed in the air, we can also smell a storm brewing. Yes, indeed. And uh, then, before we know it... completely pitch black on the stage there's no sound we can't even see anything <laughs> at all and like this has happened before where the sounds cut out but this time there was the no whole sound. power cut out sometimes it'd be just the sound but our mics still work yeah this was the sound the mics the lighting the led screens the food trucks up the back of the <laughs> festival we're in the middle of the forest and there's a thunderstorm with fifty thousand people this is not ideal. It is not ideal by luckily, any means. Luckily, Queenslanders are not ones to panic too quick. Yeah, thank God. I'll tell you what, if we threw that in Sydney, people would be bloody screaming around. 
Hey, you couldn't pull that off in Canberra. You couldn't. People would be running around like headless chooks. People go, but I, I've always got electricity. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so we're kind of there and we go, <laughs> shit, what do we do? Do we uh, walk off stage? Do we wait? And we looked at our manager and he said, just wait. So then we were standing on the blacked out stage for like, I don't know. It's very awkward standing on a stage. If it's if there's no sound, that's awkward. Yeah. If there's no lights, that's very awkward. And the if there's no sound or lights or anything, yeah, and you terrifying. have 50,000 people staring at you. And a thunderstorm absolutely starting to smash you. That's when it changes the context of a music festival. Then you become more of a dictator or like a, uh, you become like a, a preacher of sorts because everyone's wondering what are we going to do? Well, I know where the information will come from. It'll come from the big stage. Yeah. But who's on the big stage? Us, Us. two clowns. It's not ideal at all. Not at all. So what did we, did we do? What did we do next? Well, pretty much uh, we just said if they can get our mics on, we'll just like, you know, hang out with the crowd and talk to them yeah. because that's, look, that's kind of what you have to do. You know, lots of people will be like, get pissy if things go wrong and just walk off stage. Not not your boys. We're here for the people to have a good time. We'll stay out there. We'll try freestyle. Ready? Big pineapple, how the fuck are we feeling? The lights are out, but we can still hit the ceiling. The pingers are kicking and the beer tastes good. It's nice to be in your neighborhood, even though it's storming. Yeah, exactly. We'd do that kind of stuff and we'll try, you know, get the vibes going and just say, sorry guys, there's no power. We'll still clown with you. And, uh... You know, we, we freestyled even... for like 10 minutes. Well, well, they finally got the mics on. And yeah. we, so we started freestyling. And then as soon as the rest of the power got on stage, it was a sound curfew and they had to pull us off the stage. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> and, and we're like, oh, we got everything back on. And they go, nah, gig's over. It was like a Simpsons bit. <laughs> yeah. But they had us back. But they did have us back, and, and we um, we slayed. The next year. You know how they say better luck next year? We did that, and it worked out. Yeah. So we, shout out Big Pineapple Festival and the people of Queensland for being such good spirits. 100%. And letting us freestyle for you all for 10 minutes or whatever. Yeah, everyone in Queensland got their phone lights up, and they lit up the state. They made it work. They did. Know? So it was kind of a bomb, but kind of not. It was beautiful. A beautiful bomb. Yeah. No free sponsorship, but you know how you can have UE boom parties? <laughs> Yeah. What if everyone just got a Yui Boom and it? No, that doesn't work. I'm just trying to problem solve for you guys. I like I'm it. like, how? How they could make it work, <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, maybe we get like one of those megaphones. I'm like, no. Yeah. Well, we could have got everyone, and this is now, you know, you got my cogs going. Uh, what we, sh- in hindsight, could do next time is get everyone to queue up Wasted on Spotify and press play at the same time yeah. so it comes out their phone speakers really loud and really tinny. That That'd would not good. work. That would be really awful. <laughs> that would be so <laughs> fucked because it would all happen at different times. It'd sound like... Yeah, it would sound like a fucking... What does it sound like when three of us do it? It would sound like a plague of locusts. Okay, all right. No, you'd have a problem. No one would be able to load shit on their phone because there'd be like 30,000 people. Because they're at a festival. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So you ready? Cue it up to zero. You're on wasted? Zero, zero, zero. You're on wasted? Yeah. Three, Three, two, two, one, go.
Oh, okay. Oh, it's a little Same bit Same as behind. last weekend. It's a concert now. I can't stop thinking about you. About you, about you. Oh, you December end. Will it ever end? It gets harder to laugh when you call it. Yeah, it works. All right, but I'll I mean, like back. we are three professionals. You yeah, know? I don't want to. I don't want to talk shit about people who don't work in audio. True. But, you know, we are audio techs. Okay, no, I'm proven wrong. That would work. But yeah, shout out Big Pineapple for that. You know, when everything's slightly out of time, it just sort of pulls it all together. You know, it kind of feels like a really like <laughs> it feels like a free reverb effect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> stadium effect. Free plugin. It kind of turns you into a stadium artist. Okay, so Sunny Coast, crazy, uh, but, you know, we made it up to him. We did Big Pineapple again, and we killed it. And I think we were a good sports for the night. Very fun times. All right, what's next on the list? Yeah, it's good to be able to bomb and then look back on it with a smile. Yeah, 100%. For sure. You know, and we were saying this yesterday. Every rejection is a win because it brings you one step closer to a not-rejection. Yeah, every rejection is an opportunity to not get rejected next time. Yeah, yeah. It's like sifting through the shits to get to the hits. Exactly. So uh, every bombed gig is uh, is kind of a great thing because it brings you closer to a not bombed gig. Next on the list, number seven. Gold Coast, Gold Coast, yeah, yeah, Gold Coast, Gold Coast, yeah, yeah, Gold Coast, Gold Coast, yeah, yeah, Gold Coast, Gold we played a gig on the Gold Coast. Uh, yeah. It was for the Clipsal yeah. car race. The races, yeah. Is it Clipsal 500? Is that the Gold Coast? I thought that was uh, Adelaide, but here or we are. Or is it Indy 600? Look, it's a, it's a car sounding thing. And there are, there are cars. There was cars, fast cars, slow cars, big cars, small cars, tall cars, skinny cars, fat cars, big cars, small cars, tall cars, big cars, wide cars, small cars. And the cars with four wheels. Yeah. They go fast, uh, they turn corners, they race against one another. You play music in them. And Adam and I love car racing. We're very big fans of Mario Kart. We're fast guys too. We got uh, Nintendo Switches for when we tour so that we can play Mario Kart on the plane. So we pretty much know everything about cars. Exactly. So we're there going, hey, you're in our arena. Um, Yeah. So that's what we said when we got on the stage. And then, so what happened was we got booked to DJ uh, and it was an hour set. Everybody's been at these races for not only all day that day, but I think it had been going for two days prior. So everyone was really juiced. And they'd been going for about 20 years. Everyone at the uh, event <laughs> has been at that event before. Yeah, I don't want to point fingers. Uh, I don't want to drug shame anyone. I think drug shaming is a terrible thing, but I'll drug shame right now. Lot of, uh, a <laughs> lot of methamphetamine floating around. Uh, it was a bit of a, an icy kind of vibe, but mm. I don't reckon that's a... Look, whatever. I'm not drug shaming either. Neither. Just lots of ice was in the air, it seemed like. <laughs> um, which, I mean, look, that's not like ideal clientele to play to, but beggars can't be choosers and we are beggars. So we get booked to play the DJ set and we're like, you know what? This will be fun. Everyone's off their tits. Let's get it. Yep. So we come screaming out, and we also look at each other dead in the eyes. We go, this is our arena. We know everything about cars. Yeah, yeah. This is like, this is us, you know? And we're seeing people with rat's tails. We're like, that kind of reminds us of Canberra. That's where we're from. Like, exactly. It felt homely. This is this is good. This is our people, <laughs> except they're way more icy, but we are going to kill it. Yeah. And we, we go up. <laughs> sprinting out. 
we come sprinting out on the stage, full gusto, full bravado, nothing left backstage. We bring it all to that stage. Con gusto. Con gusto. We come steaming out. We run out. We start jumping up and down as hard as we can to the opening track. And as we're jumping up and down, we realize um, one of the riggers has not uh, rigged the the decks yeah, properly. Yeah, normally uh, on on a stage, you've got like your little uh, stages on top of the stage, mini stage. Mini what is that? Like? <laughs> stage on the stage. Yeah, <laughs> is this shit Claire would know? Our uh, production and tour manager. Um, but yeah, the mini stage on the stage, and then there'd be the decks on top of that. Yeah, and then it's always it's a riser. And Very tied secure. down yeah. with one of those things that you pull on and yes. it tightens. That, exactly. That fucking rope that you pull on and, and tightens. And silly us would just assume such things. Um, no less at the car races, you know. I mean, these guys are pros. They're running a big event. Anyway, we run out there. As we're going out there full steam, jumping up and down, screaming, swinging our heads. We jump. We're both jumping. And the force of both of us jumping is actually quite a lot. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but we're very, very strong. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of force. So as we jump up and down, <laughs> it creates quite the commotion. And if the decks aren't tied down, well, we learned this the hard way right here. They came flying off of the desk, off of the riser, off of the stage. And luckily, they didn't fly directly into anyone in the crowd because that could have seriously injured someone. Do you know what was crazy? The fact that like we were jumping and they were still there and then that moment where it's like there was a, I don't know, a someone literally yanked on a rope <laughs> and threw because the text just went flying into the crowd. It was so comical. It was the most fucking comical thing. They went flying. Like the decks went <laughs> flying as soon as we started. Nobody knew what to do. Especially us. Wow, it was so, oh, so crazy. So then guess what we did? Yet again. <laughs> Yet again. I'm like, Adam, get me a beat. Like, was it literally like the music stopped, stopped? Like record scratch stopped? What the fuck do you do? Okay, well, look, when we were younger, we saw Bliss and Esso, and there was this moment where the sound cut during their set, and whilst they were waiting for it to get back, they freestyled, and we totally stole their trick. Like, freestyled with a microphone and did a beat and... Yeah, and, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's what, we pulled at the, it's what we pulled at the Big Pineapple. Wow. We pulled that out at the Gold Coast show as well, and we ended up freestyling. You guys are really clever. I know. That's you gotta, pretty fucking good. We stole it from Bliss and Esso. We stole it all. <laughs> we have to pay homage where it's due. Thank you, Bliss and Esso, for that. But it sounds like since uh, since that happening at Trackside, maybe that's like a bit that they just, you know, fake. Maybe that's where it was born. But I think it's funny. The reason why I mentioned them as well is because I think they played that gig. And then I think we said something like that to them after the gig. It was like, thank God that you guys do that because then we learned yeah, to do that. Fully. But that was like, that's a pretty intense thing. If you, That's just a weird thing if the decks are going flying because it's comical. But it's also like then you have a crowd full of people on methamphetamine staring at you, wanting Akadaka coming out of those speakers. But... No dice, because there's nothing to play music out of. Yeah, you know what? And in hindsight, we were already bombing so hard, and that's probably why we're jumping harder than ever to really try to get them on board. And then they're like, they weren't they weren't into it. They were like, this is fucking weird sounding akadaka. Yeah, no dice. Where's, where's my meat music? When a crowd is not with you, at what point 
do you just like give up trying to get them on your side? Because like, what is it? Must feel awful, like trying to get someone to get into it. Oh, you can't ever stop trying. No, there's been there's been a couple gigs where I've given up for sure. I'd be like, fuck this, I'm off this, and I, then I hate myself afterwards for weeks because I'm like, damn, I could have, if I could turn back time, I wouldn't because it's Actually, a bitch, no, it's no. a bitch move to oh. be like, oh fuck these people here. No, but fully though, once you but, start getting rattled, yeah, like you start realizing you can turn it on yourself. Like, or you there can might turn just on them. be someone in the crowd standing, and everyone else is jumping, and that might be enough, and he'll just stare at you, and you'll be like, fuck, I can't do this. This is crazy. I'm just like. And I'm looking at other people having fun. You're like, yeah, this is good. And he can't help but look back. And he's still there standing, staring at you like, oh, dude, stop. Like, I can't fucking do this. It's like being bullied. It is. By someone who's paid to bully you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the irony. He's doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. He's not even doing anything. And it's really killing you. Yeah, it's a funny thing getting rattled. It's a real thing. Meth, man, hell of a drug. Don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> don't do meth. It's one of the ones I say, not even once. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. The funny thing is, this was the first time this happened, but we uh, we were lucky enough to experience it yet again, which brings us to number six. And coming in at number six. Boulder, Colorado, the Fox Theater. The exact same thing happened as the Gold Coast. We got booked to play at this beautiful theater, amazing theater in Colorado, which is a a wonderful state. I highly recommend everyone should go there, especially Boulder. Mm -hmm. Lots of bears. Lots of of beautiful, yeah. We saw a bear. Yeah, there's bears, there's bloody big trees, there's rocks. I mean, look, what more could you want? So Adam got within like 30 centimeters of a black bear, but I go, I was in about five meters away from a black bear in Colorado. Was that a black bear? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I've got video footage of it. I should uh, share it with the Put that bar. online. We could probably put that online. But yeah, this was a bit of a different setting because A, we're not around any rat's tails uh, or meth. Yeah, we're instead just, this is real hippie. Everyone's smoking weed. Lots of weed. It's like uh, the elevation in Boulder's like crazy high. It's like yeah. bigger than the highest point in Australia. Yeah. And it's just how they eat and breathe out there. So it's it is. snowing everywhere. Uh, it was like, I think we were like waist deep in snow that night. Yeah, it was, it was it was bizarre. But we go out there and uh, exact same thing happened. And that rattled us because we were in America trying to really, you know, fly the duck flag as high as we could. And, uh, <laughs> oh, man. And little did we know, we get to Boulder, start jumping around. They, the decks actually fell off the stage that time, though, and fell into like, not on people, but into the gap between the people and the stage. And unlike a festival like Gold Coast, where there's a whole crew trying to put that fucking <laughs> ship back together, we're playing in a nightclub to about 200 people. And it was a theater, though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, the yeah. theater. Sorry, the theater. It's not like a massive venue with a big team working. Mm. So we are proper rattled. We have to try go down and get the decks ourselves. We start trying to put the pieces back together. We've never set up decks in our life. We've never owned decks in our lives. We've only like actually learnt, and that's embarrassing to say, but the only times we've ever learnt how to play is at gigs. And yeah, that's that's pretty cooked actually. We should probably buy decks and practice, but we used to DJ in your mum's a yeah. lot. Oh, yeah, but those that decks. Was, they the, weren't real decks. They yeah. weren't real yeah, decks. Yeah, we, and we weren't even mixing. Yeah, we weren't mixing. You just put on a record and you were like, yeah, yeah, that's 
Motor That's like a friend of mine. She's like, <laughs> she's a she's a DJ here in Sydney, and she's like, I'm like, oh, what are you doing today? She's like, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be practicing for like an hour or two for my gig tonight. I'm like, oh, what, what? You practice? You practice for DJing? And I'm like, yeah, fuck, we really are dickheads. <laughs> That's why think. every other DJ is so good at DJing, and for us, we're just like, oh, what did they do there? How did they? How do they do that? Yeah. I guess that's the beauty of DJing in a way, too, because you can be a technically shit DJ, but still be a great DJ. Yeah. It's all about curating the vibes. It's about dancing. A-Track, actually, our idol of a DJ, one of the greatest DJs of all time, no question. We played a festival with him in Squamish in Canada, and he came up to us backstage, and he said um, we were praising him, and then he said, I watched your guys' set, and I love it. And I was like, dude, no, 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 no. This no. guy's like, like undoubtedly the best fucking DJ. He's won so many DMC world championships and shit. And he's just an icon of the game. But he said, I was like, oh God, no, I can't believe I track watch that set. And he's like, <laughs> dude, it was actually, it was fucking sick. And I'm like, yeah, terrible mixing though. He's like, dude, it's not about that at all. It's about the songs you're playing, how you're playing them. And if you're having a good time and sharing that with the crowd and you guys fucking ticked all those boxes. I was like, damn, true. That. So having that blessing from the goat meant a lot. But um, yeah, look, all these gigs where the decks keep flying off the fucking stage, you've got to stop. Good message to anyone booking um, Duck. Uh, can you tie down the decks, please? Or anyone. And booking anyone, just make sure they're tied down. I don't want anyone to go through that. It's a terrible <laughs> feeling. It's really degrading. I guess because then you have well, especially the one in Boulder because the whole theatre is it, then it becomes more performance art yeah. we're actually just picking up the decks like we have to go off the stage pick up the decks there's no sound it's dead quiet it's like a Mr. Fun. Bean episode. It's quite I don't Mr. Bean. It's a Benny Hill themed yeah. shit. It's fully a theatrical event. That shit. But yeah, look, shout out Boulder. They were great. Some Charlie Chaplin shit. We ended up finishing the set and it was fun. So I guess, you know, a bomb turned blossom. A blossom, blossom bomb. Yeah. Blossom bomb. Yeah, Boulder, they always want us to come back. I swear. I swear. We've been waiting on that call. That right there was 10 to 6, uh, worst bombs in picking duck gigs. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we're just bombing every show. Oh, yeah, it sounds that way. Uh, well, There's a lot more than just 10 too, which is kind of bad. Like that's saying a lot. <laughs> but hey, you know, what's life without a few spicy stories along the way? But um, unfortunately, that's all we can leave you with for now. Yeah, but coming up is uh, probably among the worst stories to relive in duck history. I'm not excited at all. Yeah, there's uh, hot milk and bashings. <laughs> There's a couple buzzwords for you. Yeah. Hot milk and getting bashed. So uh, make sure you tune into the next step. And thanks for rocking with us on this one. To be continued. Listener.